Good morning. My name is Mark. My name is Gabe. And my name is Tom. Da-da. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Pastor Tom Repke is on back. On the case. Yeah, on the case this morning. It's <laughs> yes, you indeed are. Indeed the case. Yes, uh, you are. Welcome back, Pastor Tom. Good morning. Thank, Thank you. Good morning, Good Pastor to be here. Tom. And we're going to start right off. I mean, we don't have coffee cake ministry this morning because no. I know Melinda cannot do coffee cake ministry every time you come. But we have brownie ministry. Yeah. And they're and really I, good. Oh, and I like man. it. I like it. I'm I'm staring at them. Chocolate we, makes everything better, right? Yes, we may have yes. a brownie break at some point in this conversation. Uh oh. Okay. Well, the conversation this morning goes to a Gallup survey that has just been published on Monday, and it reminds all of us that, uh, as far as church attendance is concerned, anyway, the pandemic effect is not over yet, or is it more than that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The answer to the question is yes. And the answer is Jesus. Yeah. Right. right. Because it's about what he's doing. So I guess it's interesting. So yes, it says, you know, if I, if you haven't seen it, you know, basically the takeaway is that church attendance is down an average of four points since before the pandemic. And I think just to put it in context, you know, attendance at churches was changing before the pandemic. Okay. So it just is a continuation of, and, and in some cases, the, tr- the slide or the trend, it was decades, right? Some of the mainline traditional churches, I know our, our tribe, um, a major uh, decline over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it's part of it has to do with culture. Part of it has to do with the style of worship. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why. And part of it has to do with what some of the old mainline churches in the United States are now embracing. Yeah, this yeah. is where it gets complicated. So yeah. your thought this is going to be a complicated conversation. I yeah. know. Oh, okay. You want me to start with the thought for yeah, the day? Yeah, that, let's that go to that. Sort of sets it up. Okay. And this thought is from John Stott. Truth becomes hard if it's not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. Yeah. So yeah. as I was listening, as I, you know, you guys, you all were, you know, wrestling through that this morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, even yesterday with the Pastor Davies in his uh, longer Bible study, you know, at 11 o'clock. Oh, the 1130? The 1130. Yeah. yeah. The Just, wisdom, um, wisdom for the heart. Yes. Thank you. With Stephen um, Davies. I was listening to it, but did, did, yeah, I came in in the middle of it, but he was just pushing, you know, just, you know, a little bit in meddling maybe of just, you know, the part of the problem we have. And we're struggling through is just the things that we've given up, maybe theologically, mm. an understanding truth. And so I think that's what John Stott, who's this great, you know, uh, theologian and, you know, an understander. He has an understanding that is deep and long because of just his age. He's been, I think he's gone now, but just how he right. has shaped the church you know, from, from England, IVP and just all of the books that he wrote and just this idea that there's things that we have to think about. And I think. The, the the Gallup poll, which we put on next to, like even the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about the Barna the poll, Barna poll, yeah, about how Generation Z and Generation A, right, you know, the Alpha, <laughs> that they're you know they're they're interested by this person Jesus. The problem is it, the disconnect of of how that looks like in church on Sunday morning. Whew. So, yeah. So, where do you want to go first? Well, because we've already, I mean, we've talked for a whole three minutes here. 
And we've already opened up at least three or four different subtopics off of right. the topic yeah. of the Gallup survey. Right. Well, when you sent me the link, I hadn't seen it yet. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. So I spent some time uh, yesterday listening to some, a couple podcasts, just trying to get a sense of where where do we go with this, knowing that our tribe, we're trying to have conversations of how do we lead in this mm-hmm. season and meet meet the needs of people. Um, so I don't know. Um the, 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 the truth aspect is, okay, what do we know to be true? And how do we, how does love, when, how, how, what is it about softening love back to the thought of the day that um, when we garner it with, with the idea of truth, what is the truth we're talking about? Well, it's Jesus is Lord, right? Absolutely. And he calls us into a, a, a lifestyle that is going to make us different in the world. Absolutely. And I think maybe that's part of the problem is I, I think about many churches that it doesn't look much different on mm. the inside as it does on the outside. You know, we're, we're called to be set apart, but, you know, the messiness of the world is in both places. Mm. Yeah. Yes, it is. Just because the church has doors on it doesn't mean the messiness doesn't get in. Right. Right. So, you know, the you know, Gallup. You know, and, it, and what I, I thought was striking is that our, our friends that are Roman Catholic, that the, their attendance is off even more. That you know, the, It says that we're four points down Protestants from 44 to 40%, but seven points from 37% to 30% in the Roman Catholic Church, which I think also goes along with the idea of that it's, you know, that both are aging. And so I think what we count, you know, how we count it is kind of interesting. You know, you're talking about counts, and so, I don't know, Gabe and I can can give the numbers that we observe. I noticed that before summer vacation season started, when school was out, that our attendance figures at my particular church were back up at, if not slightly above, where we were at the beginning of COVID. Now, there's a caveat there. If you're just using the members who were there before COVID started were probably down. Right. But we have been attracting new members on a very consistent basis. So let me ask, are those actually attenders or members? I mean, so what does it mean? Attenders. That's the actual number of people in the seats on a Sunday. Right. So the idea of even membership. Yeah, the church membership role is obviously bigger than that. I think a lot of churches would say that. Yeah, and it's even that's a conversation. What does it exactly. mean to be a right. mem- member of a church? Yeah, I think that... Especially if you don't come. Now that you mentioned it, Mark, I think that that's kind of probably what I'm seeing too. We've got other people. We've got new attending. So um, as far as the membership, the right. actual list of people that have committed... On the role. Right. Yeah. right. I don't think all the role is there, no. Right. No, no, not that, close. Yeah. Not close. But so, even the idea of what, what does it mean to be a member of a church? Exactly. Right? Is it I'm, a signed document and you've got the, the ticket stamped or is it just... Just a commitment. Yeah. Well, but what does that look like? Because in some places, like in our tribe, and this is part of the, the tension, um, the way our discipline works and all, um, you, you don't have a voice at the table if you aren't a member. Mm-hmm. Well, right. that can, you know, that's interesting. But if I attend and I, I give and I send, I, I serve... Um, is it, is that membership? Do I actually I see it's, it's right? I know exactly what you're saying. It's very complicated. Yeah. I think that's part of our polities. And this goes across to, you know, whatever traditional church for the most part, as they talk about it, I think they're rethinking these things. And I would say one of the things that we are 
I think noticing, and I can't say this for a hundred percent certainty at this point, but because we are above where we were a few years ago, right? I think that is people who have come to our fellowship from other churches, which maybe have been pursuing, let's just be honest, a more liberal path. Right. And that's another point in this conversation that, you know, Gallup, it's a little less certain. It's a little more fuzzy in the conversation in this poll. What about those people who have become disillusioned or disenchanted by what is happening in their churches in regards to liberalism? Right. And have decided to seek out another solution for themselves or have just decided to just sit back and wait and don't go to church at all. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, my, my head actually sort of hurt yesterday as I was trying to process this stuff. <laughs> I understand. And I have some notes just to sort of work from, but just to put a pause on that for a second, just to add to it. So it's interesting that they point out in this recent survey that like the virtual attendance is mm-hmm. actually off a little bit too. I could understand that too. Partly because, and I think this is the pivot that we've all made. So every church that wanted to be engaged, you know, during the pandemic, the last three years, you think about just all that. Um, we, we learned how to innovate. So we're doing things technology wise. Like I wasn't online streaming before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thanks to, you know, a couple you know, life church and their church online platform and some things that's free that I didn't have to make a huge investment uh, because that's part of the conversation too. Even churches are like, well, do we, you know, do we continue, you know, or do we, you know, do we make a better investment and how do we do that? And is it about views on YouTube? But it's, you know, but I think it's not just about taking what you do on Sunday morning on the building uh, and, and, tra- and transmitting it for the world. It really yeah, is. That's this, complicated. That's, yeah. Uh, as far as that decision, you know, because you don't want, if you do that, you're going to have people that just stay home. Well, you know what I mean? Right. And we, scripture tells us, right, right. That we're, we're not you to know. forsake the assembling of ourselves. Yeah. Together. But right. you know what, when you're online, cause you know, we all kind of experienced it. You're, you know, you say you're there. Hey, good morning, everybody. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm here, same. Right. you know, and right. there are people are on there going, amen. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, you're, you're, you are communicating. You are, right. you're in attendance. Um, the people know you're there cause you check in under your name and all right. that. And, and I'm, I believe if, if they can, if you continue to do it and you make it a social media thing, okay, we're going to put this on Facebook. We're going to keep doing it. You are going to have church attenders at home. Mm-hmm. Why are they going to, you know right. what I mean? It's a, it's a lot easier to sit at home and drink your coffee and eat your breakfast and watch church. Yeah. In your jammies. And your in your pajamas. <laughs> and you will have people that will stay right. at home. Yeah. Conversation continues in a second. Andre says mixed clouds and sun, hazy and pleasantly warm today with a high of 83, 58 degrees right now. And we actually have a little bit of fog as well this morning here in Barberton. Pastor Tom Repke is back with us again from Linden Road Presbyterian. You know, it's interesting. Uh, and the conversation we just had, we were kind of getting into that area of we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And it, just kind of reminded my brain there, uh, just hearing that phrase and thinking about what I've been reading in the New Testament lately, a reminder that when those words were written, it could be somewhat dangerous to participate yeah. in the, first, yeah, in the 
getting together part. Right. You know, now here in the United States, we've got no boundaries. We've got no walls keeping us from assembling ourselves together. As your friend Todd's going to share later. Yeah. Just the messiness of the world. 2,000 years ago, the picture because of Rome was very, very different. Right. Now, I I think, too, it's this idea, and I was really thinking through um, just this idea that we need to be more theological. And that's part of the problem. So even like the question when we do virtual church, you know, what's our theology? Why are we doing that? You know, Mm -hmm. what is the why behind it? And I think for like in my context, I I know that I've connected some people, you know, who grew up in our church, who are now in a season of life in their 80s, who live far away and they're delighted that they can be reconnected with. Mm, Absolutely. Which is a beautiful thing. It's great for them. Right. Now, can we grow them? I'm, I'm, I'm growing their fellowship in their right. relationship, but, you know, and that's where I think the pivot, and that's a whole nother conversation about how do we use technology to, to disciple people? Because that seems to be the thread when I go back through all our conversations since day one has always been about, it's about discipleship, about how am I walking in my relationship with Jesus? And so the question is, where are these people? If they're not in church, you know, what are they doing? And then the idea of the mission that we're called to be a part of, right? Because Jesus, when he came, he came to do what? To serve the hurting you know, right. He came to to bring salvation to the lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we doing that? And I'm not sure we are. And I think right now, even the idea of evangelism, that's a whole nother conversation. I just don't think we're telling our stories of life transformation to connect people to the gospel. At least not telling them well enough or not telling them in a way that is reaching people where they're at. Right. I mean, I find that hard to believe with all the uh, internet platforms that are out there and all the podcasts and all the short videos available on YouTube. And but well, well there's this this crazy quote that's an urban legend that's associated with Francis of Assisi that says, mm-hmm. you know, quote it's got you know to quote the gospel all the times when necessary and use words when it's when when you need to, you know, to mm-hmm. live it out in a practical way just by being there. And it's like, no, no, no. We need to tell people the story. We need to tell, and that's where it gets into the idea of truth. And I, and I see this even in like in my conversations in jail uh, or in prison. You know, of saying to to men in particular, um, you, you need to do better. You know, so mm. I was talking with a gentleman recently who it's messy, uh, and you know he's living with a woman, and they're both have issues with drug use, and it's complicated. And it's like, why don't you get married? And he's, it's just like. Why would I do that? And it's like, well, because right. <laughs> actually life is better for you when you are married. It's complicated, right? It's the most beautiful thing, the most complicated thing. And it's essentially when you call them up out of that, it's like, oh, or the idea of like, what does it look really look like to love a woman well, right? For a man, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's messy because it's not been modeled for them. Yeah. I think recently what brought this home to me was on Jeopardy. And this clip has now traveled around the world. I think it happened in the last year. But there was a quote, and they were leading the people to a quote from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And nobody on the panel got the question right. Yeah, yikes. The answer, I think, was, Thy will be done. What is Thy will be done. Mm. And nobody knew the answer. And I think that's part of where we're at. I think that's it part is. of where this survey right. is pointing us. 
is that the cultural divide now has gotten so big that things that we knew growing up right are gone are very gone yeah so it's like way gone so i remember i was in dallas i think probably 20 years ago now and jill briscoe uh stewart's her husband and jill's an amazing woman that does women's ministry but she's from england and she talked about how she was at this celtic conference somewhere on the aisle there in the Mm -hmm. uk and they had all these little trinkets and she was walking through with a young person. This is 20 years ago. And the little the woman said, it was a, 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 a college age, said, there's a little cross here with a man on it. What is, who is that man? Oh, wow. And that's in Christian England. Right, right, where, right, right, right. Where, you know, much of what we have today came from there, right? In terms of the, the movement to, to, to the United States and all that, you know, we celebrate next week with the 4th of July. But it's this idea of how do we live this out? And I think that's the part that even thinking about um, the how Jesus loved, lived his life. Why is it that he lived for 30 years before he started ministry? And what was he doing during those 30 mm. years? You know, why it wasn't until, you know, he turned 30 that, as we understand, that he really leaned into it. What did it look like up to that point? How was he loving his neighbor? How was he, you know, all those things. And, 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 and if that's so important, you know, and then when he, he encourages us to follow in him, and then even as he, as I'm doing, I just started a series on the, on the book of Acts. And I mentioned this last time. So the la- very last word in the book of Acts is the word unhindered. Okay. And, you know, Paul's sitting in jail and he, yet it says that the gospel is going to be unhindered in, in going out. And it's like, what? Right. I mean, the messiness, Paul's in jail. Right. The main character in the whole book is in jail. Right. But the final thought is that the gospel is going to be unhindered. Right. And, right, and, and right, I think right. that's true even down to this day. And so how do we as followers of Jesus, and I guess really the, even the context of how we talk about this this morning is like, you know, how, how am I leaning into that? And, and even as we think about, you know, Jesus sent us out with the Great Commission. But I think if we read that, it's like, as you go along, baptize and teach others. As you go along. Right. Okay. Which means you do your life which means you be the best uh, radio DJ, you know, you, you be the best, uh, you know, customer service person, you be the best teacher, the best students. Mm-hmm. And out of your living that faithfully, then people should say, what's up with you? If they don't know who Jesus is. Right. And how who is, is it you, that man on the cross? Right. Yeah. And give, give context to that and say, well, look, can I tell you about my Jesus and what he's done for me? And I think that's part of what this uh, Gallup, Paul is just showing us is that we are, we've become comfortable. And I think we've heard that before, right? In the Old Testament. Yeah, we have. The Israelites, I mean, it ebbed and flowed. Okay, so I know we're going to take a break here. But <laughs> uh, to sum up this last 25 minutes, I have to ask this question. So the poll is complicated, but the answer is simple. Well, I mean, it's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> And it's living that out. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think as, as institutions, we've got to rethink how we count things. It I isn't agree. just about bums in the seat. <laughs> I was thinking that, same, you know, there seems like there needs to be a, a, a restructure of how things are done. If, if the church is going to keep that virtual peace, which is fine. <laughs> but um, it seems like it should be. And of course, I don't have the answers, but in my mind, it's like, okay, the elderly, 
the sick, that's great for them. Able-bodied people that are around should be in attendance, right? And, and you know, unless there's some actual, maybe a, a mental reason that they are more comfortable virtually. But, um, and then have, have a virtual group. That group, they, you know, other than at church, let's say your small groups, that virtual group is a small group. You know what I mean? To where they still are, you know, um, like, okay, on Fridays, I, I work from home. So that means I'm in, a, I'm in the meeting virtually. Well, they're not going to let me get away with not doing my part. So on Fridays, I leave here at 9, and by 10 o'clock, I have to be ready to do a Bible study. So I'm going on, online virtually doing a Bible study with my coworkers Excellent. that I have to lead because it's like, well, just because you're online doesn't mean you don't, you know, right. you don't have to do it. You still have to do yours too. So it's still, it keeps me, you know, still involved because I know that's something I still have to do. So it's like, even if, if, if we have this structure where there's the, the people inside the church members, then there's the virtual members, they still need to do their part or sometimes show up. You know what I mean? Even if you're virtual, there's still some meetings I have to actually go into the office to show up to. Right. Right. So I don't know. It just seems like maybe a restructure, but it should not be an excuse for anybody. You know, this new couple in their 20s comes in the church and they're, yeah, we're going to attend virtually. No, that shouldn't be, you know. I agree. Right. And how do we create moments of connection with that? And so I think that's part of the emphasis and it, I would suggest it has to be outside the building. You know, the, mm. the, the building is just a tool shed mm-hmm. to accomplish mission. <laughs> yes. As same with the, the virtual. It's just a tool. It's just a tool it's in a our tool. toolbox to yeah. connect people to a relationship. Because that's really, you know, fundamentally what Jesus did in his last three years of ministry. You know, is he leaned into it in a very intentional way. And what we have the gospel accounts about is it was all relational. And we know that there were times where he was going from here to there walking and Mm -hmm. his life got interrupted and the beauty of the stories of those things that took place where lives were changed. And I think that's the part that we have to figure out how to tell better so that people will be connected to that. Pastor Tom Repke joining us this morning and the topic, the latest poll from Gallup on church attendance in the United States remaining below pre pandemic levels. We're going to continue that conversation in just a couple of moments. God doesn't pay attention to your address, bank account, or skin color. What's in your heart is what he seeks out. Heartfelt Radio, 91.9 FM. I'm Mark. I'm Gabe. He's Tom. I am Tom. Yes, you are. Still are. Thank Here, you. Pastor take Tom Repke. Take these brownies from me. Oh, okay. Take the brownies. <laughs> Got them. Get one. Thank you, Melinda. Thanks, Melinda. Ooh, do I see nuts in there? No. No? You're good. I'm good. Oh, no, I like nuts. No, no. we like them. Yeah, no, there's no nuts. Oh, man, that looks good. We're having a little brownie. Yeah, brownie we, uh, no uh, coffee cake ministry from Melinda Repke today. But brownie ministry? Yeah, there we go. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. If I may, you know, uh, every now and then I allow myself a Tim Allen grunt from <laughs> from okay. his, uh, you know, from his TV ah. show. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, brownies. Yeah. Ooh. 
I'll gladly keep them over here. Like way <laughs> over here. They're meant to be shared okay. I understand. and consumed. I understand. Right. So, it, yeah. So where do we go? I mean, there's a couple of things. You, know, you think about um, the, the, where we're living, you know, this cultural moment. And, and I think like we've talked about like the movie, the Jesus revolution. Right. Right. And again, that, and what's crazy going on out there. I mean, they're baptizing people left, right. Everybody wants to go to the Bay pirates cove. Right. Oh, they yeah. have a major baptism coming up right, they in do. July. They do. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's growing. And they had to move it. I think because they had so many people sign up. It's like, we have to, you know, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. I, I want to go. I had volunteered you to drive. us. I know we got to work oh, you on remember? this. Okay. Motor coach. Yeah. You know, when you, t- when you mentioned Jesus revolution, it makes me think about the first part of our thought of the day. Truth becomes hard if it's not softened by love. Right. And that makes me think of that whole era where, you know, mm-hmm. they like the song, the, the love song. Um, you know, people aren't talking about religion no more. They just want to praise the Lord. Right. You know, so that just kind of reminds me too. I don't know if that has been an issue that we are too hard, maybe as Christians. Well, on I, the, the others. Yeah, I think a we, good point. Yeah, we have to figure out the cultural context. Yeah. Right. Because I think uh, as the. The Barna survey pointed out a couple of weeks ago is that there is a hunger right now mm-hmm. uh, in the culture. And it's very similar to the hunger that existed during the Jesus Revolution time in the 60s. And it's like, what do we do with that? And how do we meet people in that moment? Right. There's right? a hunger, but are we expecting too much from those people? And, and that's keeping them away? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think when you put the bar high... So, like, when I go back to my men in jail that I work with, mm-hmm. you know, when I say, for example, a lot of them, their their language is pretty coarse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's like, okay, we're not going to use those words in this room while I'm here. Mm-hmm. I understand they're part of your language. And it's amazing when you lean into it and just say, that's the bar. It, it changes that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And so I think, you know, the, the, the hunger that's there, we as the church, but we have to do it, you know. The idea of, well, okay, if you show up to church, you have to wear a coat and tie. Well, that's long gone, right? Mm-hmm. Some uh, places it's not. Well, it is. <laughs> El right. Salvador is one place yeah, right. it, it, where it's a legalistic thing, by the way. Well, and it's the cultural context. And so, I mean, it's just how do we, and that, I think that's the larger question that we have to wrestle through. And if we look at Jesus as our model, so the Gallup poll is just a snapshot. It's a picture saying, here's where we're at. So now the question is, what do we do with that? You know, how do we respond to it? Because we know that God's still working, right? Absolutely. And how are we joining him in the process as Blackaby would encourage us? Don't create something new. Go find where Jesus is working. And get there. And get there and do yep. that. So yep. when you listen to Todd at 845, right, pay attention because what Todd's doing through Voice of the Martyrs is important. And mm-hmm. we need to have that, that international perspective. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful that the world is so small in that regards. And yet it's our neighbor across the street. And how are we you know, walking in that, um, that's where it gets complicated. You know, there was one other thing in this survey that I wanted to point out while we still have time. Uh, and it didn't, you know, I'm, I'm a big charts and graphs guy, but I was more interested in the words uh, when I read through the survey. But then I went back and I looked at charts and graphs and church attendance. Very interesting. You know, we tend to pat ourselves on the back and say, The 1960s were the golden age, you know, the 1950s. Well, according to this Gallup survey, only 48% of Americans attended church, synagogue, mosque, or temple 
in the last seven days between 1955 and 1960. Mm. And that's supposedly the golden age right. in America right. before the Supreme Court started intervening and blah, 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 blah. But still, it was only 48%. And now that number is down to 41%. So to me, if we're going for a hopeful sign here, it's that maybe that slide has not gone as far as maybe we're being led to believe by the culture right. that it's gone. Well, and I think it's what you count, right? So yeah. So if you're asking me if I'm showing up on Sunday morning to attend worship, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm involved in a Bible study on Thursdays at noon, does that count? I say so, yes. Or, or, and I think it's those things that we think. And I think even what you all have done on Wednesdays, right, for 100 and whatever it was yesterday, 110 yeah. times, 100 you know, it's beautiful to, you know, bring in different voices and get a different perspective. And I think using technology, we can listen online, we can listen on the radio. It's just beautiful to build a community that grows, right? And I think that's part of the tension, too. You know, one of the things Pastor Tom does when I ask him to come on, Gabe, is he goes beyond the boundaries of the United States to find some things out. You were talking to some people in some pretty distant places, yeah, trying I, to find I, some things right, out. Right, I have a friend, Trevor, who uh, is, we used to work in the U.S. Senate, and he moved uh, to, to Peru, and he just reached out to me a couple of days ago, and so we've been having this conversation just back and forth, and he was just mm-hmm. showing me that in, in, like, just in his culture, but also, you know, that apparently there's a huge thing going on with the Muslims right now, mm. in, you know, attending, attending this huge event. And it's just like really with attendance going up. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, and it's because they've released all the you know in that in the Middle East specifically the whole COVID protocols are gone, and so now all of a sudden there's literally millions of people that are heading to this this religious encounter, which is oh like, the Hajj yeah. in uh, Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think it, that even reflects that just this idea, this hunger that we have because of having been through a global pandemic. And we've talked about this too, right? That we've lived through this global trauma that I'm not sure that we've processed yet. So just, you know, even in our own country, the, the, the mental health, you know, and just the idea of how do we, how do we find wholeness in just the idea that we were, you know, locked down for, for two years. And the, you know, you can also go to the theologically off the planet uh, version of Christianity we find in Mormonism. Right. The largest, the nicest, the newest church in San Salvador, El Salvador, is a large uh, Mormon temple right. on the southern end of the capital city. Right. And they are drawing people like crazy. Yeah, and, and I'm going to guess it's relational, but then I go back to your thought of the day, and okay, let's talk about, and, and not, you know, we could spend... You know, a little apologetics here, thinking about our, you know, who who's in the kingdom, right? And what do they say about Jesus? And that's, you know, that's the question that we have to, who is Jesus? And that's the question we all have to resolve. Is he the son of God? Or is he, as Lewis, you know, suggests, the question is, if he's not God, then he's either a lunatic or a liar. Right. Right. And so if we respond to that, then that should change who we are. And then the impact that we have in our community and our culture should should make a difference. You know, it's interesting, um, Gabe, that Pastor Tom mentioned C.S. Lewis, because there is one word that C.S. Lewis uses about Jesus on a couple of different occasions, and I think it's true in this case. 
if we paint Jesus properly for those who might be interested in him, he should be irresistible. Should be. Yeah. Mm. But it's how we paint him. And C.S. Lewis uses that very word, irresistible. Right. Because he goes so far against what this world is all about. Right. And if you just think about where we've been over the last three years, right, just all these various levels of messiness, it's that idea, where is Jesus in the midst of that? Well, he's not a Republican, he's not a Democrat, he's in the middle, right? And what does that look like then in terms of our, you know, that's a whole other conversation about how do we have a just society and how do we have good, you know. I don't know if he's so much in the middle as if he is other. Well, it could be that too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is like, he is way outside. Yeah, I think he's other. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on his own, you know, on his own level. And I know for me, painting that picture, right? Uh, you know, yeah. when when you're in the church and that's your life, you know, that's the life we've chosen or born into, whatever it is. We have a certain perception of maybe what the world is and what's going on here. I know as an adult. I just assumed there. Okay, I assumed growing up that everybody knew who God was and everybody right. knew who Jesus was. That was such a wrong <laughs> assumption. Yeah, right. right. I did not know that until I was grown. So I was teaching. I was teaching a workshop, and um, maybe about forty, fifty people, and I was talking about the arc of safety. Um, t- teaching a financial workshop. And, you know, we were talking about finances, but I was talking about Ark of Safety, and I used the example of Noah's Ark. No, of, of no, I used the example of Moses being put in the, you know, how his mom saved him. Oh, in right, that, basket. In, in the, the basket, basket. Yeah, but that yeah. is a form of an ark. And, you know, the okay. way that it's created, the way that that is right. uh, with the wood and the way that they put, you know, that Our, is an ark right. to keep him safe. So we were talking about the Ark of Safety and I was talking about Moses and I was talking about Noah's Ark and um, they were looking at me like I was crazy. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. And I, and I felt it. I felt this, the, I felt the need. I was like, let me stop. And I asked, I said, who's heard the story of Noah's Ark? Crickets. I think two people. Yeah. Oh man. Two people raised their hand. I, I was shocked. I was completely shocked out of that whole entire group. I believe there were two Christians right. in that whole group. These were great people. These were, these people were educated. Sure. They had good jobs. Mm-hmm. They lived good lives. It, it was all kinds of people, but um, two, two knew the story of Noah's Ark. Two people knew who Moses was. And I didn't even ask them if they knew who Jesus was. <laughs> I couldn't, you know what I mean? I was working. Right. So, you know, but um, it was pretty shocking to me that in that group of, of, say, 50 people, me and two other people were the only people who knew Mm -hmm. who that was. That was a very big reality check for me. So have we circled all the way back around to where we were 40 minutes ago? (laughs) Pretty much. Right. Yeah, because (laughs) it gets down to making sure that we have the basics that everybody in our church knows what those basics are about Jesus and is able to communicate them. Right. But I, I also want to just add the caveat to it that, that we need to be reminded it's the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, it, Jesus even said, I've been, I've been anointed to come and release the captives. 
you know, and so even that idea, this isn't on our own power. This really is for each of us. And then that's where I go back to the discipleship and go back to the one-on-one time with God is like out of my intimacy, out of my, my own spiritual journey comes then the ability to meet people where they're at yes. and to help them understand these great stories and to show that there's a connection for them to the larger story that God's writing. You know, yeah, this, <laughs> this is so tough because I've had that experience with sharing some stories about the Bible right. with someone that did not know about it. And to them, they were just stories. You right. know what I mean? Right. It wasn't really a reality to them. And they the Holy Spirit stories. has to make that yeah. meeting place with that person you're talking to yeah. to take the story and into it, technicolor. Well, right. And, and, and reality. back to your thought for the day. It's this idea of truth mm-hmm. and God's truth. And, and the Holy Spirit will illuminate that. I mean, we know that's the story of Acts, right? And the beauty of what, what takes place there. But well, again, that's the second part of this, yeah. right. the part that it was hard to explain. Love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. Right. So it's not just Jesus doing good deeds. Right. It's Jesus providing the gift of salvation. Right. His life. Grace, his blood, mercy, right. peace. And his power then by going to heaven, by ascending on high and sending us the Holy Spirit to be our helper. So that this isn't about our issue. It, and so I think part of the, what this Barna or the, the Gallup survey this morning is pointing to is just where am I at in that? And how am I participating in God's, you know, salvation history? Because he's still working. Every day. Yes. Yeah. In America, it seems it's a question, right, of how he's working. It, when <laughs> you hear stories, I mean, what we're going to, you're going to hear later from Todd, it's just the good things that God's doing in the midst of brokenness around the world. And wow, that encourages right. me. It just means that we have to get up every day and continue <laughs> our mission and keep doing better. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's complicated. It's work. It Thomas, is. It's work. Can you pray us into that? Yes, let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the, the fact that we lay these things out and we go, oh, man, what do we do with it? But we know that you've sent your Holy Spirit to equip us. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this day. Help each of us in every conversation we have, every interaction to be able to present your love through us. Thank you for rescuing us and restoring us. And we just pray that we not work on our own effort, uh, but we work through your effort and that we reach out to bring the gospel and the hope and all that comes with that. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your name. Amen. 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 Pastor Tom, if people want to maybe from the southern portion of our listening area, join with what you're doing at Linden Road, how can they find out more? You can yeah, find us at lindenroad.church. All the information's there, spelled out, L-I-N-D-E-N-R-O-A-D dot church. Great to have you back. Thank you. Good to be here. I, yeah. I think Melinda knew that we were going to have a tough morning. That's why she made us brownies. That's right. These are perfect. Chocolate, yeah. Thank yeah, we you need to Melinda now. as Thanks, well. Melinda. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Pastor. Blessings, yes. And thanks. we got to finish here, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wayback Machine from 1971. Love song. Good way to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we needed that. Love song and chocolate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm glad you added the chocolate part. Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks again to Pastor Tom Repke as we talked our way through that uh, survey that came out on Monday from the Gallup organization.
Okay, we've spent over 40 minutes talking about the important spiritual and theological issues of the day. And now we got to talk about these brownies that <laughs> Pastor Tom Repke's wife, Melinda, has sent us this morning. Now, you are recommending a rather radical uh, look. I mean, for those of us who are theologically conservative, the brownie <laughs> itself yes. would be enough. Yes. But you are wandering into an area of making us get up and run around the room. <laughs> yes. What did you say? Peanut butter. Oh. So you take two brownies and you put them together with peanut butter in the middle. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, man. Are you it's kidding me? Bottom. You got some downstairs? Let's go. <laughs> I already ate mine. <laughs> oh. Well, there's, there's still, still more over there <laughs> on the plate. There's something about it. It's uh, just, yeah, beautiful oh, stuff. Man. Oh, yeah, I married up. I don't think that's legal, <laughs> Pastor Tom. I'm not supposed it, to be slice it, it up. It may not be legal, but it is good. peanut butter <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Tom. The blessings. Thank All you. All right. The Triumphant Quartet taking us to Town Hall News and taking us to more brownies.